Welcome to the FinTech One-on-One podcast. This is Peter Renton, chairman and co-founder of FinTech Nexus. I've been doing this show since 2013, which makes this the longest-running one-on-one interview show in all of FinTech. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Before we get started, I want to remind you about our comprehensive news service. Fintech Nexus News not only covers the biggest fintech news stories, our daily newsletter delivers the most important fintech stories into your inbox every morning with special commentary on the top story of the day. Stay on top of fintech news by subscribing at news.fintechnexus.com slash subscribe. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Anna Mahoney. She is the CEO and founder of Addition Wealth. Now, Addition Wealth uh, is a super interesting company. They're not that old, but they have created a unique financial wellness platform that provides a lot of the financial tools you would expect when I say those words, but they also provide personalized financial expertise, and that's their secret source. We get into how this all works in some depth. And they go through the employer to facilitate these, these tools. So it costs nothing for the employee. And I think that is a powerful thing. And let's face it, people need to understand more about their finances. They need to learn more about financial health. Oftentimes, it's a little bit intimidating. What Addition does is really provide a great entry point for people to learn some of the basics, learn some of the broader terms and how things work, but also to get that one-on-one advice, which I think is is so critical. Anyway, it was a fascinating discussion. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Anna. Thank you for having me, Peter. My pleasure. So let's get started by giving the listeners a little bit of background about yourself. You've had an interesting, uh, had some interesting stops in your career to date. Why don't you give us some of the highlights? So my background is in both consumer finance, and then I also worked in the the tech industry for six years at Uber. Um, began my career working for a private equity fund whose sole LP was JP Morgan. We invested in consumer finance companies. So learned to really love this space and the in and outs of how different financial products can service um, consumers how you think about getting people the right access to information, advice, solutions for their needs. Also at that time came to appreciate that um, we live in a world where the more access to wealth you have, the more teams of people or or support you oftentimes have to, to figure out how to make that money worth more. And always felt like there should be a better solution, right? Where everyday folks should also have the chance to make the most out of their money, no matter what that amount was. So with that, I I did a few more things in the consumer finance space. I worked for the director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau for a year in Washington, D.C. I also did a rotational program at Citigroup. And then I went to uh, Uber for six years. I was on the ride side first, and then I moved over to the Uber Eats business. And that was a that was a phenomenal journey. Basically learned how can you use product and technology and marketplaces and scaled businesses to make things available to people that have previously been unaffordable, whether it be access to a private ride or the delivery of anything at your doorstep. And loved my loved my time at Uber. After the company went public, I wanted to do something much earlier stage. 
and basically said, okay, is it possible to basically take all of the lessons that I learned during my time there and apply them to this very well-documented challenge that is most people in the U.S. don't have access to great personalized financial expertise? And so can we actually take the lessons of product, tech, scaled marketplaces, and other things and use it to solve that problem? And, and that's what we do at Addition Wealth. Mm-hmm. When did the idea germinate? I, back in 2014, was thinking about, okay, could I start a company that helps people think through their retirement planning? Um, It was not the right time for me. I had no tech experience. I hadn't done anything early stage, and it just wasn't the right time for me personally. But the need for these types of solutions were, were very clear to me for a long time. And actually, I, I know you're not, I know you're not asking this question, but I always like sharing that for me, the hardest part of my entrepreneurial journey was actually the decision to start a company. Starting a company is not easy, right? It's not for the faint of heart. There are lots of challenges that you got to work through. You get many more no's than you get yeses, right? Even when a company is doing well. But for me, and I think for a lot of people, and I would say maybe women as well, others, I, I oftentimes think that the hardest part of of starting a company is the decision to leave your job and to go do that. So then I, I was watching an interview that you did a while back and you were talking about how you started the company. And remember you said you were like in an incubator or something uh, or an accelerator program and you had two different ideas. Tell us a little bit about sort of that sort of early time and how you landed on what you're doing now at Addition Well. I sat down one day actually in a WeWork with a couple of friends and we were like, okay, if we were to start something, we were thinking like, how could we support each other? Would we do something together or separately? What are ideas that like could maybe be of interest? And for me, I thought, okay, what is something that I'm passionate about, right? If you're going to dedicate 10 years to something and you know it's going to have ups and downs, like what's a problem that you'll stay committed to for the long term? The second criteria for me was what's a what's a problem that's big enough that you can build a business and a large business out of solving that problem. And the third one was, what's a problem that won't go away, right? And so there were a few different industries in that category for me. I was thinking at the time about like uh, supporting people with their finances, but also um, cybersecurity is a big space, as well as I was thinking a lot about the gig economy and how to support workers in that space as well. But for me, I really landed back on this challenge. So it's a problem that both professionally and personally, I've always felt strongly about that people deserve better access to their personal finances. And so within that space, I started off wanting to help people retire. Um, and I was lucky enough to be part of a program through first round capital that basically helped validate business ideas. And so it was this awesome program where they basically help you speak with a number of experts within a short period of time. And you can ask them a bunch of questions and basically say, okay, if I were to try to do X or Y or Z, how do you think this would work? And industry experts can give you their perspective. And I was pretty dead set at the time on starting a, a, a retirement based solution. And that idea was like clear within the first three weeks that I was just not going to be able to pull it off. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But what did come out of those conversations was, well, could you take a more holistic approach, right? And find a solution with humans and basically connect humans to people on whatever type of problem that they need and build a scalable tech infrastructure under that. And 
maybe you could even sell that through the employer. So understanding that one of the big challenges in that space is the cost of D2C acquisition. Maybe there's space um, to be able to work through employers. And so part of the accelerator or the the program there was connecting me with a number of different HR leaders and asking them, would you be interested in a benefit like this? If so, what would it need to do? How would it need to help your employees? Um, And through those series of conversations, I started to have conviction around the idea. I know you've touched on it there, but maybe you can get into a little bit more detail on exactly what it is you're offering and, and how it works. So Addition Wealth, we partner with forward-thinking employers to provide a financial wellness solution for their employees. So what that means is if you are an employee at Lime, the scooter company, they were our first client, um, Lime pays Addition Wealth, and then their employees get free access to our set of solutions. So that's a digital platform where they can receive um, content, information, set up their financial information if they'd like, Through that platform, they can do self-service learning. They can see webinars that we've done for their employee base, and they can also set up time with a financial advisor or a CPA at no cost to them. We do do for each company a number of different events, whether that be office hours or webinars where we deep dive into specific financial topics that we know are important to that specific employee base. So right now we're doing a lot on taxes because it's tax season and everybody has questions about their taxes. Throughout different times of the year, we might do sessions on planning for a family, buying a home, saving for your retirement, thinking about how to get out of debt. Um, So we lean into topics that we know are, are important to people. And then the last thing that we offer is unlimited free access to CFPs and CPAs who act as fiduciaries to employees. So the employees do not have to pay for these sessions. They can use them as they like. And these awesome group of advisors that we work with are not trying to sell them products. They're not trying to take them off platform. They're truly there to help the individuals work through the needs that they have. So happy to talk a little bit more about the types of problems that we help people with in their finances, but that's the overall program. Like that program all sounds sounds great. A lot of it's going to be, you know, it's semi-automated, it's scalable. But the one thing I want to dig in into that sort of one-on-one, this is a human interaction. This is not automated. It's not rec- not a recording. You're not talking to an AI. These are people that are giving their time and the employee pays nothing for it. I question about how scalable that is? I mean, how do like 1% of people take advantage of this? I'm sure you've got some good stats on it. I'm just curious about how that all works. Yeah, it's a great question. So our offering is a combo of digital plus human. So we do provide access to um, human advisors. We love that. Money is emotional. Digital experiences cannot account for every use case that an employee may want to discuss. But then we also do offer financial tools and resources and ways to work through your financial information, as well as to learn on your own, as well as in group sessions. So we use the combination of the digital plus human to enable people to work through their financial decisions in a number of different ways. But we do we do offer both, which is what makes the program scalable and affordable. There's another piece to the human interaction, which I think is really important, which is we live in a world where Traditionally, financial advisors have been in the business of making money off of AUM. 
And so a lot of the goals of many financial advisors, not all, but many have been, okay, let me understand all of your asset information. Let's talk about what your long-term plan is. Um, Let me understand what I can manage for you. That is great. And that is one offer. Um, But I actually think, and what we've seen is that people need much more flexible needs around their finances. Also, people don't always want to share everything about their finances when they have a specific question, right? You may have a question about, for example, how to think about restructuring some of your debt payments that you don't need to share everything else about your finances in order to get to a really good answer on that. And so we support both. We support employees in both um, they're getting access to longer term financial plans, but also getting access to just in time answers for the needs that they have. And so we find that sometimes employees set up a call with a financial advisor and within 15 to 30 minutes, they can get a really great solution to what they were looking for. That answer was not nearly as like articulate as I probably could have made it. <laughs> That's okay. How how are you vetting these people? Because I could imagine that the quality could be could differ dramatically. You have to be very thoughtful about the quality of folks that you bring onto the platform. So we we take a two-pronged approach. Um, the first is the network of advisors that we choose to work with is highly selective. And we're very careful about ensuring that they are experienced, that they are proven, that they are high quality. We then put them through a specific program to integrate them into our broader offering and to enable them to be successful on the addition wealth experience. The second thing we do is we track and monitor uh, to ensure that those conversations are high quality and deliver to the employees what they need. So after every single one-on-one, we send out uh, a survey to the employees saying on a scale from one to 10, how satisfied are you with that interaction? And our average response is 9.5 out of 10. Wow. Yeah, it strikes me as you're talking there that you have, in some ways, you're running a two-sided marketplace here, right? You have your clients on one side, like Uber famously ran a, a two-sided marketplace, which you were involved with. And then you've got the advisors, the in-person advisors. How was your time at Uber kind of helping you manage that sort of that dynamic? Yeah, that's right. So we have a number of us on the team that came from Uber and we built the marketplaces, both on the ride side and then on the eat side. And so what we've done is we've basically said, how can we set up a very high quality offering for both the end employees that are utilizing the product, as well as a great experience for the financial advisors, right? And one where it's a mutually beneficial experience, but that works. And so we've taken a lot of the learnings that we had and what do we focus on? We focus on availability, right? We ensure that when an employee goes to set up time, they can speak with somebody the next day if they need to. And then we ensure that the experience is high quality. And so we do a lot on both vetting the individuals that we bring on the platform, ensuring in real time through different types of tracking and and data and surveys that we have to make sure it's a positive experience. And then we also work really hard to make sure that this is a positive experience for the advisors as well. We haven't had any churn on the on the marketplace from the financial advisor perspective, because we also are really thoughtful about how to make this work for them as well. So we're extremely proud um, of what we've been able to do. That type of setup also makes giving individuals access to human advice in person possible. Because in the traditional models where it's a 
you know, it requires multiple hours of conversation before you can provide value to someone that is very expensive and that's not scalable. But I think that is a very traditional way of thinking about how to give people access to high quality humans. And there are more flexible ways to do that. And how much of that part of your offering is really key to closing deals? Is it sort of a, is it like the cherry on top or is it an integral part of the decision when when companies are coming on board? I think it's a key part, right? It's by no means the only way that we engage with employees and employers know that, right? They appreciate the flexibility of a digital offering and enabling employees to choose their own journey for how they'd like to work through their finances. But there's something that's very comforting about knowing that you can speak with someone. Finances are an emotional topic. I think there's also a very broad range of understanding about one's finances. And so we see a lot of individuals who have fear about how to approach them, right? It can be a very scary topic. And so one of the reasons why we like to provide access to digital solutions and self-service tools, as well as some of these community events, as well as the one-on-one, is because you may have people who don't feel comfortable navigating on their own. Maybe they don't even feel comfortable talking to someone, right? But they're more than happy to sit in on a webinar for a topic that they know is super important to them and learn and hear their peers ask really smart questions. And that helps them take steps in the right direction. So I find that the human component is a key piece of delivering a high quality offering, but it is no means, by no means the only, the only piece to the solution. What's the lead time and what's involved in implementing your solution? So the fastest we've done, um, and we've done this twice now, is we've met a company, they've signed the contract that night, we do an onboarding call with them the next day, and then the following day we can roll out the platform to their employees. So wow. we've we've okay. twice within like 48, 72 hours launched a new company. Wow. Um, there are other groups that obviously take longer, that take longer than that, but once you set up an infrastructure that works and we build our tech configurably, right? So we need to understand from a company, okay, let's understand how your business is set up. Let's understand what's important to your employees. But then we can pretty easily begin to configure an experience for them. And then once we're up and running with those employees and we can see, okay, what are the financial topics that are important to them? How are they engaging? What are the changes that are taking place in someone's finances? What are the events that are taking place at a company, right? We obviously uh, continue to configure and customize that experience for that end group of users. But in terms of setting it up, if it's something that is in a net new build, we can we can deploy quite quickly. I presume everything happens on your site, right? Like you have a login and everything, you're in control of how everything operates. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to do it. And you couldn't integrate into a payroll system or an HR system in, in 24 hours. So we can integrate HR information into our platform within that. Okay within a pretty fast time frame. Um, and then we can integrate to um, through SSO into other people's platforms as well. It, again, it depends on what the company wants to do, but we are able to, to integrate into other platforms. How much does it cost to get you guys on board? I imagine it varies depending on the size of the company, but can you give us some type of range? We work with companies depending on their size. So the larger, we, we typically charge in a per employee per month fee. And then the larger the company, then you start to decrease that peppum a bit. Okay. And then are you going out one company at a time? I imagine this would be a great thing for the 
you know, the ADPs and trinets of the world. What's your go-to-market strategy? On the go-to-market front, we do engage with companies, right? So we will engage with companies directly. We will also create partnerships with other groups that are connected with companies so that we can do a, a distribution partnership, if you will. And we can partner partner on different fronts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So then can you give us a sense of the, of the scale you guys are at today? Like how many clients, how many employees? That's something to give us some sense of where you're at. Yeah, we are in the the tens of thousands employees and we are we don't release the number of customers that we have on the platform today. <laughs> okay. Okay. And when what about the the journey towards break even? I mean, like I know you haven't you haven't been doing this company that long, but how are you guys doing financially, shall we say? Uh we're in a strong cash flow position today, in large part because we've been very thoughtful about growing our business while being very thoughtful about building a technology that scales um, so we can use what we've built, right? We can configure it for the next client by being really thoughtful about what they need and building out a scaled operation and team. So we are in a very strong financial position today. Okay. So then you've also got a good window into what people care about financially. What do people care about in general? What are sort of the things that they really want to know more about? It's a great question. So we see a few different things. I'll share a couple of quotes that I pulled ahead of this that have just been very meaningful to me. So last year I was at an employee benefits fair and an employee walked up to our table and said, I never dreamed that I could own my own home, but thanks to the work that I did with your company, I not only was able to save for a home, but I was supported through the process of buying one as well. That was extremely meaningful. More recently, I'll I'll read a quote that somebody submitted on our platform. My student loan rate was getting super high and I was freaking out and couldn't focus. I set up a one-on-one with an advisor. I felt better. It was one less thing I had in the back of my mind. It may feel really terrible to have this much debt, but at least I know what I'm doing. And then we had another one. I can't tell you what I spent all my money on before edition. I just know it was all gaming and food. (laughs) <laughs> Once I started using addition, so many other things changed. I ended up losing weight. I ended up spending more time being productive. It's so crazy how your money dictates what you do with yourself. Interesting. And so it's really interesting, Peter, because the thing that has been the most validating about the work that we do is since we were in private beta with our first company now over two years ago, the end user impact was always clear. This is the type of product that helps people. Some of the initial quotes that we had, these are the types of questions I was holding on to for the last two years, but I didn't want to spend $3,000 to get them answered. And so we see there are everyday problems, right? People are worried about their retirement. People are want to work through equity compensation decisions, which are very expensive to understand. It can be very expensive to know what to do um, on the equity compensation front. We're helping people who are figuring out how to plan their finances after a divorce. I mean, it really spans the gamut. There are a lot of people who are planning for a family and thinking about, okay, what does that mean? How do I invest in my child's education? Because we service companies, we engage with employees who who really range the span of early in their career, learning and thinking about what to do with their finances for the first time, all the way through to people who have savings, are planning for their retirement, are really in a in a 
very lucky spot to be in. But when you go through the go-to-market channel that we've gone through, you have to be really smart about how do you set up a product, a technology, and a content solution set that really speaks to people who engage on a broad range of financial issues and with different levels of financial education. So it's it's been really great to see that that has worked. We obviously spend our days on how can we grow? What can we do better? What do we need to fix? What can we build? But the solution is helping solve a problem that is very well documented and that is clear that people need. And I imagine this is going to be pretty sticky because once you put this in and people are used to this, you would have an incredibly hard time with employees if you say, yeah, we can't really afford that anymore. Sorry. Are you finding this is a really sticky solution? We see on average that 70% of employees are engaging with our offering, which is a number we're very proud of. And frankly, wow. that we work, we work very hard to achieve. And we have a CSAT from the employees of 90%. So we're very proud of that. We have seen very sticky renewals from employers for the exact reasons that you mentioned. The other thing we've seen that's been really great is we've seen um, some of our HR partners or employees that were at companies that we launched with um, then move employers and ask if we can bring it to their new employer. So that has been, that is always extremely flattering and validating and inspiring for our team when that happens. So how how small a company will you go down to work with? I mean, what's the what's the minimum? We like to work with companies that are at least in the hundreds up through thousands, tens of thousands. We can go even into the hundreds of thousands of employees and we do that today, but we're open to working with companies of all sizes. I'm sure you did market research. I mean, some maybe some of the big Fortune 500 companies have some of what you're doing in-house, but it sounds like in some ways you're introducing a new product to market. And oftentimes it's better to have the be in an existing market and bring in a better product but are you finding this, given this is new product, are you competing against existing products? I mean, what when people say no, mm-hmm. why are they saying no? I imagine you don't get 100% yes. <laughs> no, I would, I would love to get 100%. Yes. We are not in the business of, when you start a company, you're not in the business of 100% yes. <laughs> right. Um, no, it's a great question. So I, I would say it comes in twofold. Sometimes companies don't have the budget, right, for a new benefit for their employees. And that just is what it is, right? We work with them. We see when that might be the case. And we see some companies turn. There's a second set of pieces here, which is um, some of the very large retirement providers do provide access to some financial solutions. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes an employer will say, well, I have a solution here. And what we find is that for employers who truly want to help their employees work through their financial decisions, they want more than what is currently available. Because our the clients that we work with today, they all have, obviously, the solutions with these retirement providers. But those companies are often incented by a business model that is very AUM-oriented, right? And so when it comes to decisions like, how should I think about paying down my debt? Or if I am going to invest in a home or continuing to rent, right? Decisions that we all make. Unless some of those assets are going to go to the institution, it's not, maybe they will help you, maybe they won't, but that's not really how they're earning their funds, right? And so we at Addition Wealth are in the business of helping people make 
the financial decisions that are best for them and their family. Like that is our mission. That is what we do. That is what we get paid to do. And so we don't mind at all what that problem is. And we help people with, you know, how do I, how do I plan my budget after getting divorced and being in a new life, right? What, how do I invest money if I've, I'm planning for a child and I want to think about education. But that same family planning conversation can also be, I'm going to have a child and I don't know if I can afford the child care or some of these other unexpected costs. What can I do? And we are more than happy to dig into all of these questions. And these are the questions that are causing stress to 58% of people in the U.S., well, you've got a big market that you can you can attack here because there's a huge percentage of the population that would uh, that would love to have this this product offered by their employer. But so, what's your vision when you look at it? And in the context of what I just said there, where this is really it's not like your TAM is as big as anybody in in fintech, really. So, what's your vision? Yeah, uh, our vision is twofold. One to continue helping as many people as possible, right? We are we kick off our Mondays with the celebration of the customer impact that we've had the prior week. And we always have something to share because we have great impact on on our employees um, that we that we work with and for every week. Um, so we'd like to expand that into the millions and the tens of millions and thousands of companies that we can work with. The second piece of our vision is really thinking about how can we integrate into some of the existing distribution channels that where people already touch and consumers, right? We have built a technology that is very smart about how do you help people work through better financial decisions. Um, and there are many places where uh, people are making financial decisions where they're not necessarily going to go to addition wealth first, and that's fine. But can we use some of the tools and technology and consumer first orientation that we've built and help integrate it into some of those other solutions. So there's work that we're doing there. We're we're earlier in that phase, but that's been very exciting and very promising as well. Okay. Well I have to leave it there, Anna. It really is super interesting. Uh I think I wish you the best of luck. I think you're we need to attack financial health in every possible way we can. And I think what you're doing is uh is brilliant. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time, Peter. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for listening. Please go ahead and give the show a review on the podcast platform of your choice and go tell your friends and colleagues about it. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.